Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the 1620 The Jays podcast. I'm John Bishop, alongside Connor Happer and Josh Peterson. This week, we're going to go rowing. The Creighton rowing team has already begun their fall schedule. We're going to be joined by two seniors who have very interesting and different stories about how they got involved with the sport in the first place. We're also going to find out more about the sport of rowing, probably the least known sport around Creighton Athletics. Maddie King and Isabella Fear to join us a little bit later on on this week's show. Also joining us on this week's show, reigning Big East Conference goalkeeper of the week, Keelan Terrell, joins Josh Peterson. But coming up next, Connor Happer. After the Jays have found out their basketball schedules for both the men and the women, we have game times. We're going to find out just how everything lines up this season as both programs again look to make another run into the NCAA tournament. So with that, we'll turn things over to Connor Happer. We have schedules for Creighton men's and women's basketball teams as we get ready for the 2023-2024 campaign. Uh, We thought we'd dive in a little bit as both teams are once again primed for another spectacular year with uh, returners um, really you know, just an overarching view of, of both of the teams, there is sort of a trend and, and and maybe you could say that this is maybe the final go around for a couple cores on both the men's and women's side that have been around for quite some time now. So it's a, it's a really, it, it's shaping up to be a special year uh, for Creighton on both the men's and women's side and some chance to, to make some noise in March. So when you have good teams and you have a chance to make some noise in March, that means you're going to get set up with a pretty challenging schedule. And we'll get into uh, both of those sides now. Here's the women's side. TV-wise, uh, so far scheduled. Now, you don't know how exactly this is going to fall throughout the year. But TV-wise, Creighton will be on the women's side featured on Fox, Big Fox, two times. They'll be on CBS Sports Network a couple times. There'll be a couple games on Fox Sports 1. And then there'll be one on SNY, which is technically a national broadcast, but it is uh, on uh, when Creighton plays UConn, actually the home game against UConn on SMY. So there's some uh, there's some TV times that that have been announced. They'll open conference play against Marquette on December the 13th. The Jays are should be one of the top picks in the league. Behind obviously there's there's UConn up at the top there as well, and some challenging teams up top. But you look at just the schedule as a whole. Um, before we get too deep in the conference play, UNK uh, comes to DJ Sokol Arena on October 30th. So mark your calendar. We're just about a month away. It's a Monday night. If you are ready for some Creighton women's basketball exhibition, is October 30th against Kearney. Uh, the Jays will do their normal thing where they'll play North Dakota State and South Dakota and and Drake and South Dakota State. They will all be on the schedule. 
Um, some of the, so regional teams. Northern Iowa is on the schedule this year. Wyoming is on the non-conference schedule uh, this year. Wisconsin Green Bay is on the non-conference schedule this year. But they'll start officially the regular season at the Sioux Falls Pentagon when they take on North Dakota State on Monday, November the sixth. Uh, they have a important trip, obviously, to Lincoln to play Nebraska on Sunday, November the nineteenth. They'll head to Cancun for Thanksgiving. Georgia Tech and Michigan State are on the slate there. And then, like I said, come back, Northern Iowa, Wyoming. Then you jump into conference play for a game and go to Marquette on Wednesday, December 13th, and back out of conference for just a couple games, Drake and South Dakota State, before you head in there to Big East play permanently. You start uh, really officially the Big East conference swing on Saturday, December the 30th. At Saint uh, at home against Saint John's UConn, I know everybody's you know when's the UConn game, uh, when's the home UConn game? January third is a Wednesday. Uh, it's at six o'clock at DJ Sokol Arena, and that place will be packed yet again. Um, and you you sort of go back and forth. The trip to UConn is February the nineteenth, which is a Monday as well. Some weekend home games for those of you who are. Looking forward to that. Uh, you are taking on Providence on January the 14th. That's a Sunday. Uh, you get Seton Hall at home on a Sunday. You get DePaul at home on a Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock. You get Villanova on Saturday, uh, kind of morning afternoon, February the 24th. Finish the conference slate uh, at Seton Hall on March 3rd and the uh, the home slate, the home conference slate will finish off for senior day, which was sure to be an emotional one at uh, at home against Xavier on a Tuesday night, February the 27th. We'll get deeper into what's on deck this season for Creighton women's basketball and, and exactly sort of what the goals are out there for them, uh, but it should be yet another exciting season. And of course, stay tuned to this podcast because we'll have plenty of interviews to bring your way as well as we prepare for their season. On to the men's side. Uh, they both announced their schedules this week officially, and and we're pretty much all the way there. There are some times that aren't necessarily quite ironed out yet and some TV that isn't necessarily quite ironed out yet, but we're generally there. And as I mentioned with the women's side, well, if you're a national contender, as the Creighton men's basketball team certainly is, um, you're gonna get you're going to get hit with some primary TV slots, and there's good and there's bad news to that. We'll explain that uh, as we go on throughout here. Uh, a reminder that every single Creighton men's basketball game can be found on locally on 1620 The Zone and 101.9 The Keg. But if you're interested in watching on TV, those are mostly going to be options as well. So you start with the exhibition Friday, November the 3rd at home, of course, at, uh, at home against Wayne State. And then, of course, into regular season play uh, on an 8 o'clock tip-off on FS1 against Florida A&M on Tuesday, November the 7th. So mark your calendar for that one. Okay, we talked about tip times earlier. I don't want to trigger John Bishop, but Tuesday, November 14th, the Gavit Games. Creighton drew Iowa this year in their Gavit Game tip-off. They are going to play the game at home at the CHI Health Center downtown that game will tip off at 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock. So it should be a triple header there on Fox and FS1, or on FS1, 5, 7, and then 9. So what that tells you probably is you're going to be tipping off a little bit after 9. I would imagine that might be a uh, 
let's just say a fun night for Blue Jay fans. Uh, maybe not a, such a fun night for broadcasters, but a fun night for Blue Jay fans, that's for sure. Uh, Hall of Fame Classic in Kansas City. Uh, Loyola Chicago is on the schedule there, and then you get either Boston College or Colorado. That is over Thanksgiving. Creighton will be playing on Thanksgiving and the day before Thanksgiving. Um, so the day before Thanksgiving, the Wednesday is against Loyola, and then you'll have a game on Thanksgiving either um, at 12.30 or 3, depending on the result of the previous day, and you'll play for a championship or you'll play for third place against Boston College or Colorado on Thanksgiving. Big East Big 12 battle is a thing this year, and Creighton will go back uh, on the ESPN family networks, ESPN2. They draw Oklahoma State in that, so they'll go play that in Stillwater. They'll have to go to Lincoln this year, so both the men's and women's teams are at Nebraska. Of course, Nebraska won that game last year, so uh, Creighton looking to get back off the schneid on that one. That is Sunday, December the 3rd. No time yet uh, for that one. Then back into a swing of... Uh, well, continuing into a, a swing of non-conference games. Central Michigan, uh, UNLV in Henderson, Nevada. And then the big primary non-conference game of the year and maybe one of the biggest non-conference games of the year in college basketball. Creighton will get a visit from Alabama Saturday, December 16th. Mark your calendar for that one. That is already set, 1 o'clock p.m. on Fox. That'll be everybody sort of we're a week after college football um, uh, conference championship games, and so we're starting to sort of turn the calendar over to basketball. It's sort of pr- prior to bowl games beginning as well. This will be a good introduction to college basketball this year. Creighton and Alabama from the Chai should be popping on December 16th. Into conference play, uh, look who it is right at the start and then bookended at the end as well. Villanova Wildcats will come to town on Wednesday, December the 20th for an 8 o'clock tip-off. That'll start conference play. Creighton's first road game is at Marquette on December the 30th. So two tough games right out of the gate there with two teams who are certain to be conference contenders this year. And so you go through the conference schedule. Obviously, I mean, there's some big Fox games in here too. Uh, We can briefly hit the highlights. Uh, Creighton will make an appearance on big CBS this year. Just mentioned it, that Marquette... uh, that Marquette Saturday game on the road, December the 30th, that'll be on CBS. Big Fox on uh, the for the St. John's game, which is at home on Saturday, January 13th. They will make their uh, first appearance this season against UConn, defending national champions on the road in stores January 17th. That is a Wednesday night. Um, and then UConn will make the return trip here uh, at the end of February, February 20th. So getting toward the end of the season there, uh, that game is a Tuesday night uh, in, instead of a instead of a weekend game as it was last year when uh, it was, as I called it, hell in, the, hell in a cell at the CHI Health Center. But back to the back end of the schedule. So Marquette will, um, Marquette will come to town for senior day on March 2nd, and that is set up to be a big one. It's a Saturday afternoon, be the wideout game. Um, and then Creighton will finish off their Big East season at Villanova, a tough way to finish, uh, and that'll be played already earmarked for the Wells Fargo Center before the Big East tournament begins and the NCAA tournament uh, as well. So some good, great highlights on the schedule this year. Obviously, uh, high hopes for both squads as they set up for the 2023-2024 campaign. Like I said, we'll have 
plenty more coverage of basketball seasons as we get closer and then of course as we get into it we wanted to update you guys on the schedule and a quick reminder to you know grab your tickets and of course listen on 1620 the zone 1019 the keg and our family of stations here at nrg media whether it's 1290 coil or 1180 the zone as well so all right that'll do it for me on this week's edition of the 1620 the jays podcast we'll send it back to john bishop john Hard to believe, but as the calendar next week turns over to October, we see our first event of the basketball schedule, the women's exhibition game at Sokol Arena versus UNK. And for the men, well, their exhibition game will be later that week on Friday, November the 3rd, as they take on Wayne State. Of course, we'll have plenty of coverage of Creighton men's and women's basketball right here on the stations of 1620 The Zone, 1180 The Zone, and 1019 The Keg. Speaking of schedules, we've got a couple of volleyball matches coming up on the radio this week. We'll tell you about that as things roll on here on the 1620 The Jays podcast. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Welcome back to the 1620 The Jays podcast. I'm John Bishop. One of the exciting things that we've done over the last two years is it's not just about the sports that get the lion's share of the attention. It's about covering the entire gamut of Creighton athletics. And if there is a sport that probably is I don't know if the word confusing is the right word, but certainly a lot of folks probably to this day don't know that Creighton has a rowing team and they might wonder why does a landlocked university have a rowing team? Well, they do. And it's a successful rowing team. And we've got two of Creighton's senior rowers joining us on this week's podcast to not only talk about all of those questions, but also to introduce themselves to the rest of Jay's nation. Let's welcome in Isabella Fear, senior from Barrington, Illinois, and Maddie King, a senior from Grand Island, Nebraska, to the 1620 The Jay's podcast. Isabella and Maddie, thanks for coming on this week. Yeah, thank thanks you so for much having for us. having us. Well, let's get let's get started with the nuts and bolts 
Um, and Isabella, let's start with you first, because you have family members who have been in the rowing uh, program. Two of your sisters rowed here. When you first found out that there was rowing at Creighton, what was your thought? Yeah, I think coming out of high school, I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do, but I wanted to maintain uh, my fitness. And my older sister, Maria, had rowed at Creighton. And I just thought, yeah, it'll be something I do. Um, and when I got to Creighton and I went to the first practice, I just fell in love with it immediately. Um, and even more so once we got on the water, I mean, the feeling when you take your first few strokes is just incredible. Maddie coming from Grand Island right there on the banks of the Platte River. I don't know if you know necessarily if rowing on the Platte River is the best thing to be doing. Yeah, but... I think you might shore a boat on the Platte. It's pretty shallow. <laughs> yeah, it is. But uh, tell me tell me about what what your first experience was with Creighton and the rowing program. Yeah, my first experience was getting an email right before the start of the school year about this open tryout that the rowing team does every year and whether or not you'd be interested in coming out and trying. And I had done all these sports in high school and I didn't join the team until I was a sophomore. And I found my freshman year competing and being on a team is really something I missed. And so I talked to my parents about it and they really encouraged me to just go out and try a new sport. And so I showed up to the tryout and I've come every day since. Had you ever rowed before prior to no. that email? Yeah, I had never even sat on a rowing machine in a gym. And <laughs> so it was a totally new sport, but it's a sport that, you know, that's a pretty simple motion. You just do it a lot of times over and over again. And so you're able to pick it up um, pretty quickly. Why? Why? So why was it interesting to you to try the, to try something that you had never done before? Well, like I said, I just I played so many sports growing up, not necessarily in high school, but in clubs and stuff. And I really love competing and I really love being on a team. And I think what was so interesting about the sport is that on the sports I'd played before, like basketball or volleyball, you all kind of do your own thing and you play a role and everybody in the boat is doing the exact same thing at the exact same time. And so it was just a really interesting sport because it takes the whole, you win as a team, you lose as a team to like a whole different level because your whole boat is doing the same thing. Isabella with you, obviously again, your sisters were kind of a gateway to Creighton, but what was your first experience with rowing and being on the water? Yeah. So it's actually kind of a funny thing. Our team is mostly made up of walk-ons. We've only have one to two recruits a year. Um, and that's just like a partial scholarship. So um, it's pretty cool to be on like a team of pretty much all walk-ons. It's all people that tried the sport freshman year and fell in love with it. Um, but my first experience being on the water was during COVID. So we had to stay in small boats. So I was actually in a boat with my roommate, um, just a double. And I remember the first time we took strokes together, I just felt, this silly, but I felt like we were flying. Um, it's just like such a smooth motion. And it feels like you're going really fast, even though a lot of videos don't look like you're going very fast. So I think the first practice on the water, I just fell in love with it and the competitiveness, everything about it. As Maddie mentioned, it is a simple motion, but in order to be in sync and to you know, to be all on the same page. How difficult was it when the first time you rode with others, Isabella, to 
to get in sync and to be in rhythm so that you're maximizing every stroke. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly it. You need to maximize every stroke being in sync. I mean, you can't like move the boat, the splits that you need to move it without that being possible. Um, And I think it's really hard because even though it is very simple, there are a ton of um, technical aspects to it. The level that you have your hands at the moment that you square your blade, the moment that you drop your blade in um, all of it can get pretty technical, even though it is a simple motion. Um, So doing that with other people can be hard. Um, There's someone that sets the rhythm in the boat and they're called the stroke seat. So it's hard. If you are not familiar with their stroke, you have to pick up how the stroke seat rows and follow how they row. Um, But it's pretty cool when you, when you get it right. Maddie, tell us about what your specific role is on the team and 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 maybe because the difference, you know, there's other sports like bobsled, for example, where you've got, you know, several riders in the same vehicle. Rowing is very similar to that, except you guys are making, you know, the, the, the motion to propel. But talk about what your specific role is on the team. Yeah, I kind of always make the joke that I'm a follower, not a leader. Um, like Bella said, there's a person in the boat who's a stroke seat and I'm not a very good stroke seat. I kind of have a mind of my own when I'm left in charge of setting the rhythm. So I usually sit in the middle of the boat on the port side of the boat. So my oar is out on the port side. So the number of seat I usually sit in is six or four. And so my job is to one, follow the stroke seat so that we're all rowing together and then just pull as hard as possible so that our boat can go as fast as possible. And Isabella, what is what what is where's your seat position and what is your role? Yeah, I just recently uh, became the stroke seat. So this year I've been stroking the boat, but in the past I was rowing two seat, four seats. So in the front of the boat um, when it's moving. And yeah, I've just recently began being stroke this year. So that's been interesting to learn how to do that. Bring a little bit of a learning curve, but it's really fun. So tell, tell everyone who's not familiar what, I mean, your job is to set the stroke. How do you do that? Yeah, it takes a little more mental focus than you'd think. Um, we've been really working on developing an elastic rhythm in our stroke. So really working on um, just, I guess, being mindful of the stroke through every stroke I have to make sure that I'm setting the right rhythm and that I'm setting a rhythm that people can follow. And then if I'm bringing the rate up, so if we're going to be taking more strokes per minute that I'm doing so in a way that people can follow. So making sure that what I'm doing um, can be transferred through the boat, I think is really important. How much of your job is uh, verbal communication? So there's actually another uh, job in the boat. It's the coxswain. Um, and they sit right in front of me and it happens to be my best friend. So that's funny. Um, but she communicates when we're going to be going up in rate, when we're going to be going down in rate, to wait off, when we're going to turn the boat, all of that. They're kind of like a mini coach on the water. Um, so I think I communicate a little bit to her like, hey, let's bump the rate up or, um, hey, we need to get, try to get this split. We need to push ourselves harder. And then she'll relay that through the microphone that has speakers through the boat so then everyone else can hear that. So I think verbal, I just say, let's go up. And then she tells the rowers like, all right, Bella's going to bump it up. And then we bring it up. So there has to be a, a, a level of cooperation between the two of you, because one person is obviously calling everything out and setting it. But you are doing the physical job of setting the stroke. It's almost like 
coaches on a bench, you know, you know, like a, a head coach and an offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. for example, having to get together. How much do you talk prior to an event about what strategy you might use? Yeah, I think it's really important to have an idea of what you want to do beforehand. I kind of get the stereotype that I'm a really fast stroke because I like doing my pieces at really high rates. Um, so I think going in and letting the boat know where I think we should settle in for the race or when I think we need to bump it up um, is really important. And that's something that I definitely talk to the Cox and Grace about out to just saying, Hey, we need to bump up this rate. So Maddie is someone who's more in the middle of the boat and, and who admittedly is, you know, a follower more than a leader. What, what about, prior to an event i mean how much how much are you taking on instruction how much do you see from your vantage point that you believe you know you need to verbalize or you need to communicate hey this is what i think we should do or have we tried this do you do you do any of those things i think we have a lot of discussions with the boat as a whole especially from the coxswain about what we want to hear from the coxswain rowers hate to row in silence and so when we're on the rowing machines we want to have people talking to us and when we're in the boat we want the coxswain to constantly talk to us and so a lot of my discussions with our coxswain come from what i want to hear and so there's some strategies to you know giving the boats a power 10 at certain points in the race telling us to row harder how many times you want them to tell you it's a split or how many times they want you to say meters. And so I give a lot of feedback on what's best for me mentally to hear during a race and when I want to hear it. Give us an idea. So I'm asking you now, Maddie, to maybe mimic a little bit of what you hear. But what is it like? I mean, we 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 think of maybe some of the old gladiator movies where they're guys up front beating the drum or doing all those. What What are you hearing? As as you're rowing, what are you hearing? What are you wanting to hear? Um, I love to hear really high energy. So I love it when our coxswain gets a really loud voice and they turn their mic up and, you know, they start telling us, they they yell into the microphone about where the boat, the other boats that we're racing are. A lot of times we try to race our coxswain off of the other boats. So they're telling us, you know, get me to six seat, get me to four seat because the coxswain is the last person across the finish line. So if our coxswain is up on the other boat, that means we're in front of them. So it's a lot of like, playing off of other boats on the water or if there's a gap between boats you know they're trying to get us to close that gap as fast fast as possible and so that's what we really like to hear because we're all very competitive on the team and we want to win as many regattas as possible so so it's as much cheerleading as it is instruction for lack of a better term yeah, sure. And they also are in charge of steering the boat. And so if we have one side that, you know, maybe a person on the side catches a crab or the boat is going a little sideways, you know, they're in charge of instructing the rowers on how to get the boat back straight or getting the boat up to speed again. That's Maddie King, Isabella Fear, joining us here on a 1620 The Jays podcast. We're talking to two of Creighton's senior rowers on the women's rowing team. Isabella, tell the folks, I mean, you know, as I mentioned from the outset, landlocked state, but where do you guys, where do you guys practice um, and, and just kind of go about the process of, you know, how all of that works? Yeah. So early mornings, uh, typically I wake up around 4.40 a.m. ish, uh, get ready and we're hands on the boat at 5.30 a.m. And we practice at Carter Lake, Iowa. So it's just 
10, 15 minute drive. Usually I'll kind of carpool to get there, do some warm ups before. And yeah, we're out on the water bright and early, except it's not really bright. It's pitch black. Um, and we get to catch some beautiful sunrises out there. And then, yeah, it's our morning practice pretty much. All right. I could probably go all day just talking about the technical aspects as someone who's never done this before. But let's talk about you two individually. Isabella, as I mentioned, you your two sisters rode at Creighton. When you were in high school, you participated in track, in cross country. Uh, you also did CrossFit. I've got to imagine, even though you had never really rode before, all of those things help you immensely in what you're doing now. Is there any one of those disciplines that maybe helps you more than, than others? Um, I would say, I think the running definitely helps with the cardio base. And then after I got injured, I transferred to CrossFit and that's where I get that discipline from. And I think that one helped a lot with power, um, lifting a lot there and learning, I guess, some more like body awareness of how my body moves and stuff like that. It was actually kind of funny before coming, my sister Maria was like, oh yeah, usually we do a 6K test like in the fall before we start the season. So I just figured I'd try one on my own. I think that thing felt like 12 hours. It was never ending. I felt like I was never going to finish that piece, which is funny because now we do, like I just finished a 5K test this morning. Really wasn't that awful. And we do like 20K days, 16K days. So it's just funny how it all gets put in perspective after time. But yeah, I think maybe CrossFit and Maddie, to your story that you established earlier, I mean, this was something you kind of did on a whim. You were a golfer and a cheerleader in high school. I mean, outside of, you know, having a golf club in your hand versus an oar in your hand, those two activities maybe don't necessarily lend it to uh, to rowing, do, do they? Yeah, I think the the aspect of those sports that helped me the most was cheerleading and flexibility. Um, part of the rowing stroke is leaning far over while your legs are still straight. And that's really hard to do if you have some hamstring stiffness. And I think a lot of girls on the team can attest that working on flexibility and, and learning how to stretch properly before and after practice are really important things for um, keeping healthy. So, Maddie, as you look ahead, you know, this is your senior year. Um, you know, in a lot of other sports, you might see people try to go on either professionally or, or continue to do the same discipline, um, you know, as part of their life, the rest of their life. How, how do you see your future in rowing after this year? Oh, I absolutely see a future in rowing. I am working on applying to law schools right now. And every city that I look for a law school in, I, I look to see if they have a rowing club and if they have an adult rowing club and if it's something that I can do, even if I don't ever compete in it again, just to still be out on the water and working with people. Would you ever see yourself coaching? Oh, I don't know. Um, I've kind of always had this like plan that I'm going to go to law school and be an attorney. And I don't know if I've ever thought about how coaching might fit into that, but I've coached um, other sports. I've coached a young seventh grade volleyball team before. So I'm not opposed to the idea. Isabel, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm just reading directly from your bio business analytics and intelligence on the information technology track. That is a word salad. Yeah, it is. <laughs> What is it all? <laughs> yeah, usually, so I don't have to say all of those words. I just say BIA. Um, 
It's a complicated question that all of my professors have told me different answers for, but I think um, at a basis, it's having a good understanding of technology and how different tools and technology can be relevant to business and business strategies. Um, and I think my favorite part has just been like learning the ins and out of how these softwares and how programs work and how it relates to businesses and how it can really help businesses succeed. And the same question I asked Maddie, how do you see rowing in your life after this year is done? Um, I kind of nervous actually for it to be over. I mean, the early mornings and the hard practices, you really think you wouldn't miss it as much, but even now I'm a semester and a half away from graduating. I'm very nervous for it to be over. Um, I would love to stay involved with possibly coaching somewhere. Um, maybe rowing on the national team or trying to row somewhere else would be really fun. I'm not sure if I have the splits to do that, but yeah, definitely something in the future would be nice. So give us a preview of what we can expect. Uh, I know your season started a little bit earlier than normal. I know you've got, you had a scrimmage here recently, just kind of give us an idea of how the season looks. We'll start with Isabella. Yeah. So in the fall, we have our distance races, they're five K races. So it's more of a steady state piece. They're usually about 20 minutes long. Um, we have a race coming up October 7th in Minnesota and then two more races later on. And then in the spring is our sprinting season. So that's our more competitive season. And we race two K's, um, that takes about seven minutes, I think. And then, yeah, that'll take us through spring and conferences. And Maddie, uh, being a, a local person, being from Grand Island, uh, and I know a lot of your events do take place away from home, but do, do, you, do your parents get a chance to see you row a lot? Oh, all the time. My parents actually have a perfect regatta record right now. Um, it's just a two and a half hour ride from uh, Grand Island to get out here for all of our home races. And they're really big fans. And so I think they are more concerned about when the schedule comes out than when I am, because they're always requesting off work and driving up. And they're always trying to see if they have friends in the cities that we race in so that they can you know, make a day out of it. So now as, as we wrap things up here on the 1620, the Jays podcast, what, 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 what is this, uh, what do the exploits look like for this season? You guys, how many, how many regattas do you think you can win this year? Yeah. Um, I think it's been really interesting. We've kind of had some historic years in the past. Our year last year didn't look exactly how we expected it to look, but I think there's a really great energy in all of the boats right now all of the girls are really trusting in each other and feeling really positive and optimistic. And I think that's really important, honestly, for racing the longer races, but also the short ones. And I think the mentality and the team's um, positivity is really what's going to carry us through. And I think we're looking pretty good. Maddie, how, how do you got, how are you guys received around campus? I mean, I know a lot of people, again, there's probably a lot of kids even on campus that don't know what the rowing team is. Yeah, I think a lot of people assume it's a club team just because we, well, one, NCAA rowing is a, a women's only sport. There's right. no men's rowing at the NCAA level. So we don't have two teams like other sports, like men's and women's basketball and that kind of thing. But, um, and we also practice so early in the morning that, you know, we're not around. But yeah, around campus, you know, we get a lot of curiosity from <laughs> people just asking how the rowing team is. And I think 
we get a lot of freshman interest, especially because all the freshman girls get that email to come and try out for the team. And so we we have a lot of talk, especially during um, August and September about what the rowing team is like just because of new people interest. Well, you know what? Take take you know, and I'm sure you guys all do this because everyone's got phones these days. Take a picture of those beautiful sunrises and all the nature that you get to see and say, hey. While you all are practicing in a gym and looking at concrete walls, we're out here looking at nature. Yeah, exactly. Shooting stars, <laughs> sunrises, we get it all. Exactly, exactly. Uh, this has been really cool. Uh, I, you know, as as someone who only sees rowing, and when I see it, it's maybe when the Olympics are happening, and it's something that's happening in the background. This is this was really educational for me, and and I think it's really awesome that this program is is around doing well, and and that you two are a part of it, and just the unique story behind how it all comes about. Isabella Fear and Maddie King, seniors on the Creighton rowing team, congratulations on your success. Good luck this season, and uh, go Jays. Thank you so much. Thank you for having Thanks us. for having us. After a couple of exciting wins to end non-conference play, the start of conference play for Creighton soccer, women's soccer, has been a little rough. They lost their opener at UConn 2-0 last week. And then this week, it's been a couple of other narrow defeats, losing to number 17 Georgetown. And just recently on Thursday night, women's soccer falling at home to Marquette three to one. And now with more and a special guest, here's Josh Peterson. John, thank you so much. We welcome onto the podcast a senior goalkeeper for the Creighton women's soccer team. It is Keelan Terrell out of Olathe, Kansas. Keelan, thank you so much for taking the time. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me. I am doing well. How are you guys? We're doing great. Obviously, <laughs> the, the season record-wise, I imagine that you're not, you know, it's not what you were hoping for uh, as the year began. But how, how do you feel like you and the team have, have done it, staying together and kind of uh, overcoming some of that early adversity? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I definitely do want to say, like, we do not think our record is reflective of how uh, – we've been playing this season you know and we've had some frustrating losses some frustrating ties you know where we felt like we had the momentum and maybe we should have won that but um dealing with the frustration i think we've really come together as a team and worked on our um, communication a lot um really setting our values making sure everyone's on the same page and setting goals for the season um especially when conference started about two games ago it's we kind of just had a check-in and said, hey, like, it's go time. It's Big East time, you know? Do you find that, like, does that come to you easy as an individual? Do, do you, and do you think it's kind of come to your team easy as a group to, like, have to have some of those conversations or when you need to have them that everyone handles it well? Um, I think maybe me <laughs> having been here for so long, yeah. I kind of can tell when those moments are you know we're coming close like hey maybe we need a group check in like something's not working and uh this season it was kind of an overall feeling that everyone was like man like something needs to change like we've got to fix something and so it was definitely a collective effort and everyone was willing you know to have these meetings and have the hard conversations of you know not talking about just what's wrong but talking about how we're going to fix it and um yeah, everyone was on board and we had some great ideas, great teamwork. And that, you know, I think in the end only brought us closer together. And I think hopefully it'll reflect on the field. 
That's awesome. You just mentioned, you know, being there for a while. I, I want to go back to the beginning of mm-hmm. your soccer career before Creighton. What what was it about this sport that drew you in, and, and when did you first start playing? Oh, gosh. That feels like forever ago. <laughs> um, gosh, I started playing soccer when I was just about five, um, and I didn't always love soccer. I'll be so honest. I played softball, basketball. I dabbled in volleyball, and um, it wasn't until I was on like the right team with the right coach. And I was like, man, like, I really like this soccer thing. Um, and, um, uh, I just love being a goalkeeper too. I think that's something that really turned me into loving this sport. Um, I started being a goalkeeper when I was around 10 and, um, I don't know, really just fell in love with that and, and winning too. <laughs> Let, let me ask you this, and I don't think I've ever asked a keeper this before, but, you know, given, okay. given that, like, when you're you're playing and you're 10, 11, 12, obviously mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're not going up against a, a bunch of players that are eventually going to end up playing in college. How does one recognize or get recognized early on as being good at, at that type of skill, just given, again, like the skill level of a, of a 10-year-old boy or girl playing <laughs> soccer is, is going to kind of be what it is, right? Right, right. Um, shoot, that's a good question. I think, I think kind of just deciding like that talent level, right? And like, I think it all comes down to the training, type of training you're doing, and the level that your team is playing at. And that's where you really start to see the difference between, you know, who's serious about it. Yeah. And who's not serious about continuing on. And, um, I think, for me, just kind of, I knew I always had that goal of going and playing on. Not all my teammates wanted to play in college, but uh, I just took training and stuff really seriously, and uh, I made my dream come true, I guess, and coming to Creighton. Yeah, that's so cool. I wanted to ask you about that. I, I imagine, you know, you just said it. Some some of your teammates didn't really have that goal. You did. Others yeah. did, I would imagine. At what point does that goal become something that you realize, hey, this isn't just something that I, as a kid, believes in myself it's it's something that that could come true and I wonder how Creighton then got onto your radar obviously Aletha just a few hours away from Omaha what was that process like yeah so like the whole like recruitment process basically um I went to a lot of camps like college ID camps in the summer like that's basically what I did every single summer um and I think it was going to stuff like that and comparing yourself to you know the I guess, other goalkeepers and the level and how you fit in. And then that's the first realization, like, hey, I can do this. And then getting in contact with the school, you know, um, I had a coach that knew Ross. He uh, had just, I guess, just started his career at Creighton. Um, and I was at a camp at Nebraska and Lincoln, actually, and Ross was there. And um, believe it or not, like two days later, I was, offered a scholarship and I was like, this is amazing. I went by and I saw a Morrison stadium and that's when I was like, yep, I want to play soccer here. Um, so that was kind of the story of me. I think I'm Ross's first recruit. So yeah, we've been together for a while now. That's awesome. I mean, so it was a, it was a pretty immediate decision for you after all that stuff went down. Um, yeah, it was, I think, I really loved Creighton. I loved the location. Ross was awesome. You know, he was changing this program, turning it around. And um, 
Yeah, I think going to other camps and stuff too, I just had some schools to compare it to and it just felt right. And and so, I, 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 I'm hearing that, that you were essentially like his first commit. Yeah, yeah. So it was back. <laughs> this is going to age me a little bit, but <laughs> it was um, 2015. I met Ross and committed and yeah, that's how long I've been, you know, coming up to Crate and stuff. So it's a pretty, pretty neat story. I've got a good relationship with Ross and it's going to be tough, you know, closing this chapter here this uh, winter. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Along those lines, I mean, it, we talked at the beginning of the conversation about, you know, just the how the team has done overall. Obviously, you know, you you uh, have had a good start individually. You recently won Big East Goalkeeper of the of the week. It was the third time in your career. Like, what what is that feeling like when you get the news when whatever it is, the email come down, or you get a, a call from from your coach when when you find out that you won that award? Uh, especially given now that you've won it three times over. Oh man, um, it is a great feeling. It's it's such a it's an exciting feeling. It's a feeling of accomplishment because you know your hard work on the field has been recognized, and it's a real honor to kind of stand out in the Big East amongst goalkeepers. You know, there's a lot of really good talent in the Big East, and um, it's just uh, it's really good. It's a positive motivator too. You know, like hey, I'm doing good. We're doing things right, and um, I know last time, last week when I found out, I, I had no idea, and I was at list, and I walked into the locker room, and everyone just started, you know, hollering, and I was like, what the heck? <laughs> but, uh, and that was just a great moment. It was a funny time, and uh, hopefully there's a couple more of those this season, you know? Absolutely. Well, Keelan, we really appreciate you for joining us on the podcast. Good luck to you uh, individually, and obviously good luck to the team as the uh, season rolls along. I'm looking forward to, to being at the stadium uh, whenever. I can't remember when I'm going to see you next, but I know that it'll be soon. I know I'll be on the call very shortly. Uh, so thanks again for taking the time. Okay, great. Thank you so much again for having me. John, that was Keelan Terrell. Back to you. The waning days of the month of September and another busy weekend of Creighton Athletics. Coming up on Friday, the men's and women's cross-country teams are down in Columbia, Missouri to participate at the Track versus Gans Creek Classic. The softball team's got another exhibition game in Omaha against the Omaha Mavericks. The volleyball team will host St. John's in their conference home opener after splitting last weekend at Butler and Xavier. You will be able to hear that match 6 o'clock airtime on News Talk 1290. And the men's soccer team on Flow Sports playing at home against the Xavier Musketeers. Coming up on Saturday, softball, one more exhibition fall matchup against Bellevue University. And then as we head into October, on Sunday, women's soccer travels to Providence for a noon kickoff. And the volleyball team hosting Seton Hall. That match will begin at 1 o'clock Sunday afternoon. That will be heard on 1180 The Zone. The men's and women's golf teams will be at the Big O Classic. The men were participating at the club at Indian Creek while the women are over at Oak Hills. And men's soccer back in action on Tuesday against the Omaha Mavericks. You'll be able to catch that broadcast on Flow Sports. The next matchup for the women's soccer team will be hosting St. John's on Thursday night. Six o'clock will be kickoff time 
at Morrison Stadium. And that'll do it for this week's edition of the 1620 The Jays podcast. Join Connor Happer, Josh Peterson, myself next week as we talk with more of the stars who make Creighton Athletics work. The 1620 The Jays podcast is a co-presentation of Creighton University Athletics and NRG Media Omaha. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.